This is Line Dance Podcast. Hello! And welcome to Line Dance Podcast. This is Christopher. Gonzalez, even. <laughs> Megan's here, too. That's Megan Barcilia in the background. Uh, it's like you forgot your last name, and I just forgot my name in general. <laughs> I think this is the Line Dance Podcast that we're on. Uh, this is where we talk about line dance things. Uh, we just had dinner, so we're feeling good. Um, there were potatoes and so many seasonings. It was delightful and delicious. Thoughts, thoughts for Megan? Um, the food was delightful, absolutely. So um, I guess tonight's or today's episode or wherever you are listening to it, it's tonight for us, uh, will be a reflection off of a playlist from uh, Sony's Rock and Rodeo. Yes, this was uh, January 13th of 2021. We made it out of 2020 alive and with most of our pieces intact um we actually got a lot of dancing in on this uh something i do sometimes is i put little d's next to the ones that i danced and i have little d's here next to almost everything because you had a challenge for that night what was your challenge my challenge was because we hadn't danced at stoney's for a while and as we just looked back it was at least two months if not a little bit longer at this point um i wanted to dance everything that I knew and that was my goal it didn't matter if it was going to be a repeat because it is the bar scene in California chances are there's going to be a couple of repeats on here we were going to dance everything and just play with the things that we have danced for ever um, to try and make them new and fresh so that w- that was the goal so we definitely got our sweat on yes I, I think this is also an interesting playlist um, in that it may you be and you could consider this potentially as such uh, representative of what the DJs at Stoney's believe that everyone out there dancing knows because it's been long enough at this point January 13th when this was written down that they don't know what people remember so they have to go with relatively sure things and of course, there's also no guarantee who's going to be there. You know that some people know certain dances really well, but if they don't show up, then you just kind of have to play for strangers whose friend of a friend of a friend told them, oh, yeah, this is like the one place that's allowing people to come out and sort of officially dance. Um, you should check it out. So then the DJ has to balance that and all the beginners against what's going to sound cool and look cool on the floor and make people interested in you know coming back and not just like, well... Everything was easy and accessible. I have nowhere to go from here. Uh, this kind of represents a mixture of all those things. A lot of the, the consistent floor fillers, a couple of, ooh, that's interesting. I've got to come back and see that one again. And then the ones that they play like literally at least three times. <laughs> yeah, so just a little backstory on this. One, um, we were on a stay-at-home locked down for at least about a month if not longer than that because it was right around the time I believe that we headed into Florida Classic that California and specifically our northern uh, California areas went on stay-at-home orders from our governor to help with all of the craziness that is our life right now. And this was the first time that they had opened back up for outside dancing with masks, you know, all of that fun precautions that, you know, everybody is having a time of their life enjoying. 
uh, for at least about a month. So ironically or luckily or whatever word choice I'm looking for right now, I actually worked a morning shift. So I had the evening off and I'm not sure if you had worked in morning shift or you had the day off or what, but both of us were off in time to leave early enough to get there pretty much as soon as they started like the open dance before the lesson so that was kind of cool there so it hadn't not only had it been a while for us but it was their first official night back open so we had no idea what to expect and it had been about a month so that's where you were talking about the DJ not exactly knowing who was going to be there and what to play we're also very fortunate that our DJ Patrick does do requests So there was some requests to be had in this list as well. But for the most part, you know, you kind of have to play to who you remember being there and what they remember. This was definitely a Wednesday. I see with the date the 13th, seven days prior would be the 6th, a very famous day in American history at this point. Um, And I think this Wednesday that I had off was unexpected for me because I thought I would just be getting Monday, Tuesday. I think last week I had Monday, Tuesday off, and then I went back to work on Wednesday. And with this Wednesday being off, I think I had worked so much at uh, Costco Wholesale in Sonoma County that I was ready for like a real weekend weekend, where on the second day of the weekend on my Tuesday, well, everyone's Tuesday, but um, my second day off, I remember thinking, you know, this was nice. If I had to go back to work tomorrow, I, I think I could. But I will welcome this third day off. And so, you know, capping that off, we had this night of dancing. Uh, Also, just to mark our moment in time, uh, I'm curious to see what's going to happen this Wednesday because there has been an I word every week for weeks now. Uh, The 6th was insurrection. The 13th was impeachment, second impeachment. Uh, The 20th was inauguration. The 27th was investment. There's a big investment craze surrounding the GameStop stock on uh, Reddit's Wall Street bets. And now we have another Wednesday coming up. Uh, We're recording this on a Monday, and it's just right around the corner. Cannot wait to see what it'll be, and I hope it starts with an I. Looking down the line here, uh, the first dance we have here is at 7.04 p.m., but it's kind of semi-unofficial. Kat was there just kind of playing music, I think, from her phone. Kat Painter is the instructor there, um, one of the instructors there, the main instructor there. And we walked in on, we must have walked in on something else because you went to use the restroom immediately and you would not have missed this one. This was Wave on Wave. That was the first I danced. I don't know what song was playing before that, but I, f- I first danced Wave on Wave. And if you have any thoughts on this, I mean, we've got a whole hour. We can talk as much about any of these as we want. Do you have any feelings or thoughts on Wave on Wave? Well, we did walk in and the bartender had his phone hooked up because I remember going and talking and greeting Kat first once I had returned. And she ended up hooking up her phone at that time. And I remember that. And then the the music started playing that we are used to. And Wave on Wave is one of those that I have thoroughly enjoyed since learning it. It is, I know there's just something about it where I like the way it turns. I like the tap when you dip down at one point. Um, there's just, there's just a lot of it that very vividly I can remember seeing certain people dancing it and like waving their hands up and 
I remember just really, really enjoying it. And I've actually found a couple song switches so that it can have a little bit different take every now and then in the bar scene before everything went into shutdown. So it's a very universal dance in addition to it just being one of those classics that I thoroughly enjoy dancing and will seize every opportunity to do so. Yeah, I definitely like the sound of this one. It has a build to it. Sometimes we talk about line dance music needing to go somewhere. Um, and even if a song starts out at a nice oompa, 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 you think, like, oh, okay, I could dance to this. When you're four, three, three and a half minutes, four minutes in, and it's still going oompa, oompa, and it didn't get quiet, it didn't get loud, it didn't really do anything to make you emote, you're probably not going to you know, be clamoring for that one over at the request booth. But Wave on Wave has a nice way of naturally building and then it gets real quiet. And then it comes crashing back, a big finale. So you feel something being in the room when this is playing. And when you see the people do the arms up, arms down bit, which is totally optional, not in the step sheet, but just one of those things that you see sometimes, kind of like in 50 Ways, um, by Pat Stott, you want to be involved in that. You want to do what the, the herd is doing. And... I like that this dance gives you an opportunity to do that. I like that it doesn't have any tags or restarts. And the themes in it are fairly timeless, I would say. Um, Looking at something bigger than yourself. I don't think I'd put this in like prime time. Everybody's trying to hook up. It's 10.30 p.m. at the bar uh, (laughs) slot. But, um, you know, where it was early in the night, just kind of getting us warmed up, making us feel good about being out there. Hey, I know this one. Uh, I I think that was, you know, whether it was intentional or not, since it wasn't technically the DJ playing it, uh, that that was an appropriate place for it, I found. And I, I enjoyed that opening the night for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next, we have so many teaches, just so many. I didn't expect there would be this many, actually. Um, first, we had Booty Shaken, and I have that written down as 7.14 p.m. And then Tush Push, which I don't think would have even really been on the calendar. I think it was just uh, sort of like, well, you don't know Tush Push? Everyone's got to know Tush Push sort of thing. Um, so then that that teach happened. And then Smooth Funk was the next and final teach. And then two dances later, it was already 8.10 p.m. And that first teach was 7.14 p.m. Uh, I didn't take any of those, but I did dance them when they were played full speed. Uh, what they tend to do, or at least what Patrick will do sometimes, is start the music slowly, and then after you've gone around a couple walls, he'll gradually speed it up so that by the end, you're dancing it to the tempo that you would normally dance it over the course of a, a night of open dance. So I I did get out there for the full speed playthroughs of these eventually, uh, if not during this set, then like later when they were played for sure. Uh, and I I don't know that I'd ever actually done smooth funk before. Maybe I had followed it before, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a nice little dance. You know, it's it's cute and fits well with the music. And I don't remember lay it back anymore. So I'm I'm happy to to follow somebody the next time. Uh, perm by Bruno Mars plays and somebody else is doing smooth funk. Uh, Tush Push, of course, you know, got to do Tush Push. I think they even played it to the Fireman, which is a classic Tush Push song. And Booty Shaken, I was happy to follow after this teach because I knew I was doing it correctly. 
the way I learned it at Mavericks in Santa Rosa or Kodiak Jacks in Petaluma, definitely not step sheet. And I know <laughs> that Kat um, believes in teaching as the choreographer intended it to be learned. So all three of these, um, even though they, they took a chunk of time out of the night uh, or put a chunk of lesson into the night, I think I think it was still time well spent. I, I wasn't you know too whingy about it. Yeah, um, I think if I remember correctly, she was out on the floor and she was planning on teaching something different originally. But then with the people that were out there, they had requested to review something that she had taught prior to the shutdown. Mm. And then at that point, that was when they will. What else do you want to learn? Well, what else do you want to review? Kind kind of thing. Um, I do know Lay It Back. And there was a part of me that was very tempted to dance it once the dance was revisited later in the evening. But I knew that I was going to be out there on the floor doing these dances, you know, as cleanly vanilla as I could because I know them. And it has helped having that many more people on the floor who do know the dance while people are, are trying to review it or learn it. And I knew that had I been out there and dancing a completely different dance during the lesson, that would be very, very confusing for the students. So I didn't want to do that personally. Um, And then later when it does come up in the evening, I still chose to do that dance since that was taught that evening. Now, maybe in a couple weeks from now, I might jump out there for Lay It Back instead of Smooth Funk, but that'll be based on whatever I'm feeling at the time, so... I think up next we have Country As Can Be, and you wrote down a song, I think. Yes, I've seen this written uh, different places in different ways. Uh, I remember a long time ago on Spotify, it said something like whiskey drinking SOB, and I think maybe now it just says whiskey drinking, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what the official name of the song is now, um, because I've seen too many things, uh, too many versions of it, but essentially it's what everyone at a bar would call The Outlaw. The Outlaw by, I think, um, Suzanne Wilson. And it was originally Country As Can Be to the song Country As Boy Can Be uh, by Brady Seals. Um, I guess they altered the footwork a little bit. And with the instructor's or, or choreographer's blessing, they called the altered version of it, The Outlaw to the song Whiskey Drinking SOB. But I still write it as country as can be because I'm a weirdo purist with my <laughs> niche beliefs and soapboxes on such things. <laughs> um, after that, we have Lonely Drum, and that is the 8.10 p.m. Uh, timestamp there. Lonely Drum, hadn't done that in a while. Uh, if anyone would like to hear our full and complete thoughts on Lonely Drum, we do have an episode where we take a deeper look at Lonely Drum by Darren Mitchell. This definitely is one of those that has stuck around. First, it crossed over, then it stuck around from a circuit into bar, and in bar, it seems it shall stay. Thoughts on country as can be or lonely drum? Uh, not so much country as can be, because I think that's one of those that's that has been a staple in our areas, plural, um, in California for a, a while now that it's it's just kind of like if it didn't get played I would be more puzzled or had more to say than if it if it does um, as for Lonely Drum it's one of those that I am 
going to totally brag and name drop because I love the fact that I was there when Madison Glover brought it over and taught it for the first time in Colorado and like no one had heard about it yet and so it's like it's really cool to be finally present for the beginnings of a dance that has hit the way it did and stuck because you know like coming in five six years ago now like everything was already a classic it's all the how do you not know this already situation because you know we were so new and to be there in the beginnings of a dance is really really cool to be like I finally have one of those memories where I remember when it was taught you know for the first time and here it is all across the world everybody enjoys it so mad shout out to Darren Mitchell for that one and a very very hat tip gracious for Madison Glover bringing it over after that, we have Booty Shaken and Tush Push. Oh, and Smooth Funk, all reviews of what we did earlier in the night. Looks like I have a, a streak going of stuff that I've danced. Uh, looks like I don't ah, I don't break the streak until a few dances down with the one that starts with a D that was taught or uh, choreographed by Rob Fowler. We'll get there when we get there. After that, we have Aw Shucks. And I didn't dance this at first because I don't actually know it, but I didn't want to sit out if I thought it was doable, so I followed it. It definitely has some wall changes and some things that are tricky to get until like the very end, but uh, there were only a couple people out there, and it seemed like they could you know, use a few more bodies. Plus, it was nice just having room on the floor, because it's kind of a cozy floor out there on the patio. Uh, I enjoyed this one. I would not mind perhaps if we ever get a venue in Sonoma County going again, uh, when things reopen, looking at the step sheet and seeing what is this dance actually and how, how much sense does it make if I forget it for a couple of weeks and need to re-derive it from my memory? Like, could I do that? And if so, like, would other people then enjoy it if taught as, you know, it's intended? Thoughts on Ashoks? Because you also followed it. <laughs> yeah, I was actually just going to say that it is definitely one that I have seen before, but have never danced, never attempted to follow. But for some reason, I watched like a wall of it, and I watched Cat dance it, and there was one other gentleman on the floor. Unfortunately, I do not know his name. Um, but there was only two people on the floor. So I was like, well, you know what? It is kind of a now or never. There's like no one here. There's all this room. If I fail epically, whatever. But, you know, at least I can try and fake my way through it. And, you know, I was able to, to grab a pretty good hold on it. I mean, it wasn't perfect by any means. But it was interesting because there was a few things where... I wanted to go a different direction than it was going, but it made also it made a lot of sense to go the way the choreographer choreographed it too. It was just I was stepping weird. It has some of those movements for me specifically where I have to think about my weight placement to make sure that I go into the next move as opposed to like sometimes I'll, I'll cheat or I'll do some kind of styling where I'll like not take full weight on something and then I'll accidentally get myself on the wrong foot. So it was one of those that I had to remind myself I didn't actually know enough to variate yet on purpose. <laughs> so it would be definitely one that given another chance like I would probably look at it and see if uh, it would be something that I would want to actually 
no-no as opposed to just follow occasionally. Up next we have Whip It. And I think it might have been called as an Aces and Eights Whip It floor split. But I don't think we had any Aces and Eights people for uh, this one of it. Um, We just kind of picked a side and assumed that anyone who wanted to do Aces and Eights would go to the other side. And we would just do Whip It over where we were. But a lot of people, surprisingly, actually know it. This is the more complex dance by uh, Shane McKeever and Rachel McEnany White and not Aces and Eights by... Oh, you taught this one. What's his name? If you happen to remember. it It's on the top of my mind. Oh, my brain just stopped. I can see him no. dancing in, in in that spot in, on Facebook. Uh, it just jumped out of my head. Yeah. I'll look it up. But uh, yeah, Aces and Eights is what they do in Southern California. Um, it's It's got a lot of similar movements as some of the ones in... Um, in whip it for example the um the grinding turn i can see how it feels good in one of them uh so it would make sense that the other dance that's popular to this song would also have that uh, commonality um but i definitely prefer the way that whip it proper whip it hits uh and i think aces and eights goes really well to dead man's hand which is what it was choreographed to Yeah, I was just about to say that, so you totally stole the words out of my mouth, but Aces and Eights was originally choreographed to the song. Sorry? Oh, I I was just saying to myself, because I was like, Pat what? I I just said Pat Stott earlier, so I was confusing myself. It's like, I know it's not Pat Stott. It's Pat Esper. The last name was what I was missing. I just pulled it. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, Dead Man's Hand, and it's, it's a really, I know I've described it in one of these episodes before, so... Hats off to anybody who can find it. Um, it's got like that gritty, dirty, dusty bar feel to the song. And so with like the grinds in this dance and like some of the movements of it for aces and eights, it just fits so well. And on the other side of this coin, Whip It is just brilliant. I love it, and I am so grateful for Shane and Rachel for coming up with this choreography because I love it. It is so satisfying to dance whip it 100% of the time, and so I will always, always choose whip it over aces and eights when the track is, in fact, whip it. Now, what was interesting to me is I probably could figure it out with enough time um to find out when it first made its way into california as a song switch option but it's it's definitely been one that's popular in socal it made its way up to reno too because the people in reno dance aces and eights to whip it and i think some of that has to do with the crossover of like the youtube and the video that some people follow each other on and specifically san diego yeah, so San Diego and Reno specifically, like he was saying. And then with that, I know that I've taught aces and eights before. So like some people in our area do know it, but we were always very adamant about playing it to its original track. And what I found interesting is at this playthrough of Whip It, we definitely picked our side, tried to stay like as little as far off as possible because even though he called or he called aces and eights, I think, and a couple people ran out to the floor. And so we just kind of like scrunched off to the side, expecting just you and me to know it and not to take up all this space since that was not the original 
song called, or sorry, original dance called. And then I think the dancers that were wanting to do Aces and Eights couldn't remember it. So they left the floor to try and remember it. Um, And so then it was just you and me on the floor dancing with it. And so I was like, you know, and I was was sad that they unfortunately didn't get to dance their dance, but I was very pleased that I got to dance mine. So um, I was definitely glad to get something like that in there at Stoney's. And it is one that is actually requested by a majority of us who know Whippet as aces and eights because we figure someone's going to know aces and eights, but we want to dance Whippet. So we like we rec- we will specifically request aces and eights to Whippet so that we can dance Whippet because chances are half the, the other half of the floor will know aces and eights. If it were me, I'd be stubborn and say Whippet or nothing, but I mean, aces and eights is, is nice too, I guess. If I were to request aces and eights, I'd be requesting it to Dead Man's Hand because it's a country bar, and I think that's a very appropriate sound for the bar. And you know, I was actually thinking about that with uh, Lonely Drum and how that's you know a country song um, and a country line dance that goes with it. And over in Land of Circuit and Events, you have Slowly, Gently, Softly, which went to a huge record-breaking song, Despacito. But there was no Despacito on this list. There was no Shape of You. These big, huge hit songs happen in culture, and then they're gone. And I don't think Shape of You was played at all, to my recollection, uh, in Florida. Do you, do you remember? And, and Trevor is from Florida, and... Um, he has a dance to it and I don't think I ever saw it on the playlist. I could be wrong. I, I could go back and look. Uh, but you have a very strong chance of having your, your line dance survive in the bars at least if it's to a country song because a lot of DJs are looking for an excuse to play more country music and something like Whip It uh, slash Aces and Eights is more the exception. It has to be really popular for them to play the song change that isn't country at a country bar when it was originally set to a country song. So yeah, that uh, definitely says something for the the enthusiasm that people have for Whip It um, as the song for Aces and Eights because you just can't get away from it at this point. Uh, after that, we have M.I.B. by, by uh, I think James O. Kellerman? I can look it up. It's a classic line dance um, done in country bars, yet did not get played to the original song the entire night. Uh, The first time it was played, it looks like I have Lose Control written down, which I believe was the uh, Missy Elliott song. Music makes you lose control. A bunch of musical sound effects in the background. Uh, They played it to another song later, and again, was not the original uh, Men in Black uh, by Will Smith, which, you know, is is good for variety. I think it's nice to have it to the original at least once over the course of the evening. That way people who are new to this can see like, oh, wow, that fits really well. I can see what they were going for with this whole now walk with me and you're doing that and cross side and cross just like the music video. But if people already know it to whatever songs they dance it to and they feel good about dancing to that, then like that's the most appropriate play for the night if you're the DJ. Uh, after that, we have a River City Cha-Cha and a Drifter, and I didn't write the songs for either of those. Um, I guess they weren't ones that I was used to 
hearing for those two dances. And then we have the dance that broke my streak of dances that I was dancing consistently, and it is... Damn, but it didn't break my streak. I was still going, because <laughs> I actually very much enjoy uh, Rob Fowler's Damn. I I think that that's a lot of fun choreography. There is definitely room to play in it, and it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, following Damn, we actually had Slap in Leather, which for me personally, it's a little embarrassing to admit, but it took me a minute to kind of like piece together what's going on with this dance because I honest to gosh cannot recall the last time I danced it prior to this evening because it's just one of those that we have certainly played a lot of and it tends to fill the floor pretty thoroughly. And so I just assume that by me sitting it out that... You know, that just makes room for one other person. But this was the challenge night. So my tushy was out there slapping the leather. Um, and then after that, we have Jonna Lieberman's The Wolf, which is always fun. Um, it's a little bit different at Stoney's because they do speed it up a little bit. But it was fun to get out there. And it was different because there wasn't a whole lot of howling like I'm used to. It might have been a minute and people were just kind of warming themselves up. It might have also been because this was actually a college night. And I cannot recall the last time I was at Stoney's for a college night. So it's it's definitely been a minute plus. So I will uh, hand the mic back over to you because I do see a couple of D's following Dam. Oh, yes. I danced both Slap and Leather and The Wolf. Uh, as well as the dance that came after that, which was Watermelon Crawl, and they said all the dirty stuff. And I lip-synced some of it under my mask, but uh, I don't think I said much of it out loud. I might have said wiggly, wiggly, wiggly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's about right. Yeah. Um, Any thoughts? Uh, uh, nothing to expound upon. Um, I hadn't done Slap and Leather in a while. It's always interesting to see where they're going to do the count in. It's such an odd musical intro to the original Footloose song by Kenny Loggins. Is it Kenny Loggins? I think it's Kenny Loggins. No, I gotta look it up. That sounds right. Also, I did look up in the interim, um, James O'Kellerman is the choreographer of MIB, and on Copper Knob is listed as MIB, and not like Men in Black or anything like that, just MIB line dance. Um, So yeah, let me take a look at this uh, Footloose song situation it is Kenny Loggins which is so funny because like we were just listening to I feel like I just heard something Kenny Loggins earlier I wonder what that was but he's got quite a range hmm uh no uh, well he has islands in the stream but there was something else that I was listening to recently um it was on one of my playlists I forget what it was um but like what I'm saying is he has a range like you wouldn't think of well, there's a perfect example, you know, him singing with uh, with Dolly Parton doing this like really nice, pretty, gushy love song. And then Footloose. I don't know. I, I don't know what, what I would imagine the singer of that. I, I guess I, th- I would think of Kevin Bacon. And um, I don't know. It's It's got a lot of energy to it. But in the beginning, there are all these eight counts. And there's a third one that you're not expecting. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-da. And then the third one, five, uh, you do the five, six, seven, eight on that one to get into the lyrics. 
But you never know how they're going to do it. I like it uh, when it's done at one precise version of the count in where when the music stops, you're doing the heel forward before you do the toe back. And then you do all the flicky, fl- slappy leather stuff. And it, he says, now I got to cut loose, foot loose. Da, 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 da. So when you're not sure where it was that they started the dance, but it lines up perfectly right there, it's just euphoric. Uh, as, as a line dancer. Anyway, after that, we did The Wolf. And as you said, they do tend to do it a little faster. I like it slower or to the original tempo because then I can really like get into it. And I think Jono did a really good job of uh, setting the right steps to that music so that it didn't feel awkwardly slow. That is a difficult tempo. There's something that I, I have often referred to as like the dead zone uh, for tempo and dances. And that tends to hang out in like the 100 beats per minute area. Anything slower than like 105, it's difficult to find dances that work really well there. Now, if you go slower and slower and slower down to like 95, 98, then you can get into like redneck angel territory. And like, boom, and two, one, and two. There are, there are a few different dances you can do for that. But where the wolf is, is tricky. So at its tempo, those steps work well once you speed it up it's like well we could we could dance anything to this speed i mean we don't need to just speed it up but uh yeah i guess people feel like maybe they can get more aggressive with it and wolfier i don't know um it's just one of the things that's sort of taken on as uh, local youth culture uh for the wolf watermelon crawl like i said i sang along mouthed along don't have a whole lot more to say about that after that were two dances that i did not dance along to uh, half past tipsy i've danced it before but i've only followed it i've never had to teach it thus i've never like properly learned all the sequences and everything uh that was at 9 p.m and then stomp down followed that and i definitely have not learned that i think it was a competition dance for the stagecoach dance team up at uh, stoney's last year however uh, i wasn't in it i was judging it so <laughs> i didn't have to learn it um did you do you did one of these two dances I definitely danced Half Past Tipsy. Um, That was one that I actually remember learning from a quick day trip up to Corning to visit Michael and Michelle for one of their dance and dine events. And Michael taught this one. And I was kind of relieved that he taught it because it was on my list to eventually get to, but I had not made it a priority at that point and so I was really excited that he was teaching it because then it got gave me the opportunity to learn it and since learning it I have thoroughly enjoyed it there's enough in it that's fun and sassy and spunky and then there's enough in it that's fun that allows you to to really just enjoy the dance and kind of get lost in the movement there's room to play I found a couple locations to you know modify some of the steps and just really sink my teeth into it and then I have had the pleasure of being able to teach it a few times um, over last year so I am very grateful for that one I did up to a point learn stomp down last year prior to the competition which I think was like this time last year it's like February-ish I think um, maybe the end of February beginning of March but I feel like that's stretching it uh, for competition because a couple of my students were competing 
And so I learned it so that they can have practice in class to go ahead and get comfortable with the dance. I, however, had not danced it after that. So it's pretty safe to say I do not know this dance. So that was the first time in the night that I had been able to sit down. But did I? No, no, I did not. I made sure to go and get some water at that point because I had been dancing so much and I kind of suspected the following rest of the night would uh, play the same track. So uh, I I decided I was going to make sure I was hydrated just in time to come back for one that I'm going to actually let you get on your soapbox for because it's a fun and interesting history name business. Yay, soapbox. Uh, This is just what we call sometimes in in, uh, the education business a teachable moment. Um, I have here written on the list, nasty girl, parentheses, wobble. And I'm just going to read verbatim from the description of a YouTube video uh, titled, Nasty Girl, recorded November 2004, now known as The Wobble, uploaded by Tamika Shipman. In the opening paragraph here, it says, The Wobble did not originate in Texas with Jeremy Stong. I don't know if his name actually is Stong or if it's supposed to be strong, but anyway. uh, Here is proof that the Wobble line dance is really a dance that originated out of Philadelphia called Nasty Girl, choreographed by Butterball's Posse with the late Dave Bush Jr., parentheses, godfather of line dance, in the mid-90s. Bernadette Burnett, formerly with Dave Bush Dancers, had the honor of teaching and leading this dance back in 2004 at a Soul Line event hosted by DJ Butch Thomas. Who would have known back then that this dance would have swept the nation years later? Let the truth be known now. Shout out to the late, great Joe Butterball Tamburo. And then you watch the dance, and you can see it. it's what we call the wobble now uh, in, in terms of steps. But the dance predates the release of the song Wobble by V.I.C., which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, came out in 2008. I'm going to get to the bottom of that right now. Yes, 2008, off the album Beast by V.I.C. So just based on principle, I feel obligated to list this as Nasty Girl, parentheses, wobble, for just noting which song was done with this dance. Just like I have country as can be, parentheses, whiskey drinking, SOB. Um, This is, in my mind, Nasty Girl, and they danced it to the song Wobble. I danced it to the song Wobble that particular night many times. Uh, After that, we had Dance Like Your Daddy. It's another one I don't typically do. Uh, When we've taught dances at Sonoma State Line Dance Club or to our local dancers, my mind kind of sort of informally divides some of the dances as like one of yours or one of mine because you've <laughs> you've taught dance like yo daddy many times and the people who dance dance like yo daddy that you've taught i've mostly considered like oh yeah you know those are some of your kids <laughs> yeah. uh, or your ducklings as we've heard them described yeah i'll, I'll keep them in the divorce <laughs> <laughs> so Dance Like Yo Daddy, I usually consider to be one of the ones that you might do, but that I don't, I'll just watch this one. Uh, but no, it was, it was challenge night, so we uh, we both ended up dancing this one. I found little ways to play here and there. Um, if it's not a challenge night, I don't. I can't guarantee that I'll, right. I'll feel the same way about it, but uh, you know, I definitely danced it that particular night. 
Then we had After Party and American Kids, and I danced both of those. After Party, they do to the song Take It From Me. And he says, there's a line where he says, uh, so much for the after party. He says that very early in the song. I think, oh, that's nice. Like the tempo of the song kind of works with the dance after party, even though after party can actually go, the, the movements of the dance after party go very well at a range of speeds. Uh, so it's easy to song switch it out. I like how clever that is, that the lyrics line up there and set the scene for like the rest of the dance. There are some songs that take forever to get to the point where you're like, why did they call it this weird name for the, the title of the song? Oh, three choruses in, now I understand. Um, here, even though it was not actually originally choreographed to the song Take It From Me, it works. Uh, and I, I like that, that pairing. Um, American Kids, American Kids is American Kids. I've danced it many times and you know it, it, it had been a while since i had most recently danced it so i had some fun with it uh then we have the the last one i'll mention for the moment uh this one broke my streak again boomerang by cat painter i've danced this before i've followed it before but i knew since it's her home turf she'd have a lot of people on the floor for it and i, I like you were saying earlier i just decided make some room and you know, <laughs> leave it to the folks who really know and love this dance um, so yeah, there, there are five for you to chew on. So obviously, um, I was out there for all of these just to start it there because like you said, it was challenge night. Um, I probably wouldn't normally be out there for nasty girl or the wobble. And then, um, I, when you were saying dance like your daddy, there is a few things about that dance that I thoroughly to have attached myself to one when she has the shout out of like Megan says touch your toes you know it, it's fun for me when I'm teaching it to be on the on the mic and just randomly like yell that out in the middle of the dancing people get a kick out of that I enjoy it thoroughly I think I'm funny somebody's got to and then with dance like your daddy that I remember where I was when I learned that I was at Stoney's and my friend, um, who now goes by the name Logan, was out there dancing. And he saw me kind of like watching and trying to fiddle with it and try and figure out and like, f you know, like beckoned for me to come on the floor, which I had never met him at this point. I just knew that he was one of the people that was always out on the dance floor. So when I was out there, he was like walking me through it and like that's where I learned this dance on the floor like one of the first couple times I had gone to Stoney's from a complete stranger who then has become you know someone that I consider a friend. So I really enjoy the fact that you associate this with me because I definitely have a personal attachment to it because I have such a vivid memory of where I was when I learned it. And then, of course, after party, I love that dance. And like you had said, like it really is kind of fun at the fact that it does work well at different tempos. So it really offers itself a lot of versatility to different songs. I enjoy when they have fun little things. Like you said, there is a moment in the song where he says so much for the after party. And I look at that more as like a little head tilt to the, the original song and dance because like that's what it's called. So I think that that's kind of a fun connection. 
And then, of course, American Kids is American Kids. And another fun thing about American Kids is I remember not knowing American Kids my first Vegas. I'd never heard of it, never danced it before, but it was going to be one of the flash mob dances. And like five minutes before we had the flash mob, I had said something to Madison Glover about not knowing it. So she walked me through it real quick. So like I have that memory too of like learning that in the back corner on the lobby floor with Madison right before we went out and danced it in the casino. So like that, that will always be in that memory too. So it's fun that like they're like so close together into which like where I remember learning dance like your daddy. And then also with um, American kids and then, of course, I was out there for Boomerang because I love that dance. It's fun. I enjoy it. There's a part where she says, like, dancing and turning circles. And, like, they're just – it. Kat did such a good job on the choreography of that one. So I will certainly get a chance to dance that one anytime. Following Boomerang, looks like we did Redneck Angel to Something Bad. Now, I do know – there's a couple different dances to something bad. I've seen them before. I know our uh, Mavericks girls at least knew a dance to something bad. I don't know if I ever actually officially learned learned it, but I did fake it once or twice. But it is very regularly done. Redneck Angel is very regularly done to that song in our area. Yeah, something actually I think just clicked into place for me today with this this whole thing. Um, I've heard that Redneck Angel was originally choreographed to Merry-Go-Round. And for me, I think around the time that I heard this, I knew that Merry-Go-Round had its own dance that's done in the video by the Jane Deere girls. So like it has, it has a dance choreographed specifically for it. Redneck Angel is indeed, it's not even set to a song called Redneck Angel. This makes no sense. Well, today, during my senior class, because I, I teach seniors uh, down the street at a uh, retirement community, one of the ones that we didn't get to was a little one-wall dance that I choreographed because I really like the song uh, Blue Night by Michael Learns to Rock. On the circuit, a lot of folks will know that as Blue Night Cha. Uh, the the four-wall dance that's more complicated, I think it's by Kim Ray, and that's not going to work for my senior group. It's, it's way too complex for what they're comfortable with. And this isn't a group that's like eventually going to work their way up to going to intermediate events or anything. They're just there to have a good time every week. Most of these dances are going to be one wall. So I choreographed something for that song. Cause I wanted to hear the song and I know that them knowing this little one wall dance is not going to conflict with whatever's being done at whatever event. Cause they're never going to go to those events. With Redneck Angel, there's a probably a good chunk of Lion Dance podcast history where I'll say things like, why don't people just do the dance that the band does that <laughs> sings the song? But now I get a choreographer looking at that, looking at what that dance is, and then looking at their own dancers and saying, that's way too much. My, my kids, my, my group, my whomevers... Um, they're not going to learn that. And I really like this song. They should get a chance to dance to this song. I'll just throw 16 counts together. You know, one and two, three and four. That 
that is perfectly all right. What I did not expect was how popular uh, <laughs> that dance was going to be um, to the same song. So that in SoCal, you have people dancing Redneck Angel to Merry-Go-Round, like they're synonymous, which in a lot of the parts of the country, you know, those, those two are. And then up here in Northern California, we all sort of imprinted on the dance Merry-Go-Round. Um, so here, since Merry-Go-Round is quote-unquote taken, Redneck Angel has to get set to something else, which in this case is something bad. Um, but I think, you know, today I am, I am more at peace than I had been in the past with, redneck angel being set to something that god forbid you know another song and dance have have as you know a pair already um it's okay to choreograph something simpler like i was even thinking about hello dolly my senior group is not going to do hello dolly by lorraine Cutella um because like they're again mostly on one wall dances but i like the song so maybe i will put together a little one wall something and not confuse them that is okay to do uh, they're not going to cross streams with anyone else. So, you know, go with what makes your class happy. Wherever you are in the world listening to this right now, just follow the 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 joy in your dancer's heart and you will not go wrong. Uh, after that, we had, <laughs> yeah, more dessert. Uh, I think that one is enjoyable for me to do and to play with in moderation, maybe once every two or three months. We'll just make it kind of like a treat, maybe not every week, maybe not multiple times a week, but once in a while, it's like, yeah. I remember when this was like really challenging for me and like had these weird quirky bits. Um, and because of that, if it's been a long time since I've danced it in public, it feels like, ooh, I know this fancy pants dance. And if I were to do it too often, it might take away some of that. Then we had a two-step, which I did not dance, and a barroom Romeo, which I think I actually did jump in on, so I'm going to have to put a D next to that. I can only do it in pencil because I don't think I see a pen nearby. But you know what? It's canon now. It totally counts. Um, yeah, you weren't out there for the first, like, wall. Yeah, it was set to the song There Was This Girl, and I've got issues a little bit with the song. I love that song. Um, but it definitely marks a time and place when I was listening to that song a lot. And there was even a period of time when I thought, like, I really like this song and I've got to dance to it, but it's got weird phrasing. I don't think I'm going to choreograph to it. So then I tried song changing it and teaching other dances to that song at our at our uh, bar where we were teaching. And it didn't really stick, and we ended up teaching that dance to some other song later. But, like, I, it's just such a nice song in, in the things that it says about, like, how you progress through life and and how much your relationships with girls will change how you see things and what you prioritize. And I, I, I just have to be careful when that one comes up because, like, I'm not ready to have a bunch of feelings in the middle of the bar. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought, well, it's a challenge. I, you know, I'll, 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 I'll get out there for this one. So eventually I did dance Barroom Romeo um, to, to that song. Uh, and I'll just quickly say what the next five are before I pass it on to you. Uh, we had an MIB to the song Rodeo. I think it's called Rodeo. Um, uh, da, 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 taking full control. Da, 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 make your hips roll. It's about, it's about having relations with a person in the backseat of your truck or something along those lines. And it, it resembles the actions of a rider on a bull or a, 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 a uh, not steer, um, stallion, a, a horse uh, in a rodeo. After that was We Are Tonight. I usually like to put a little bit more spin into the uh, cockback and, you know, well, it's actually a sailor step behind on wine. Um, 
but there just wasn't enough room for that to do it like safely. I would have liked if, if there had been, but oh well. Um, electric slide to man, I feel like a woman. Done that to that song many times, and you know, you, it really gets the crowd going. Honky Tonk Highway. I'm sure you'll have some things to say about this. Um, I did jump in on that. It had been a while since I learned it. Like I, I took a lesson at Saddle Rack of Honky Tonk Highway. Uh, but I hadn't done it in so long. So eventually, you know, by the end of it, I think I, I, I did an okay j- job of following it. And Black Ick 3 or Black Ice, as it, you know, it's most often pronounced um, by Lady in Black and I want to say the Ice Maiden. Um, I, I still enjoy that. I've got memories from like the Davis grad going back to like even Mavericks. Um, and for me, it's one of those where at the time that I learned, it was one of the hardest ones I knew. So like, cool, I get to do this, this hard one at Mavericks because I've been dancing for three years and like, it's time to go strut my stuff. So cool. Um, it's still, it, it takes me back there a little bit. Um, and that was around the time that you, you and I first like became at all acquainted with each other through Carolyn's party. So like oh. you were there for some of me dancing that back in the day. I don't, I don't know if any of that made an impression on you, but like, I don't know. The, the, the dance still has positive um, associations for me. Okay. So backing it up a little bit, um, more dessert. Yes. I certainly love more dessert. I have many, many fond memories with that. I, I like when that's a surprise occasional treat. Um, I feel like when I'm able to like just kind of have that break from it, I can just resync my teeth into it as if I had just learned it and I had that high again and just want to dance the heck out of it. And I really get to experience that and so I had fun doing it. Um, it was nice because there wasn't a whole lot of people out there that knew it. So we had the space again, especially seeing as this is starting to get to the point of the night when like everybody's out there for everything. And so there's a little of that like, you know, limited space to begin with. And then I do have to totally digress and side note here how different I feel about the number of people on a dance floor now that COVID has been a thing for so long, like my expectations for like how much space an individual should have is like far out of this realm of realistic. So um, some of these are definitely tight, much, much tighter than I would like. Um, Followed that was that two-step, which, you know, we said set out of. Uh, Barbara Romeo, I have taught that dance. I enjoyed that dance. So I was able to get out there for that one. MIB, normally, again, that would be one that I would sit out, especially seeing as I had already danced it earlier in the night. But dropping it again, it was challenge night. And I told myself, it doesn't matter. You're going to dance it. So I tried to find new ways of uh, playing with that. And because I had different people around me at this point in the night, and I actually mirror the dance with people so I'll be facing you and I will mirror you um I think a couple people were surprised about that because they weren't necessarily expecting that um we are tonight like you said like I like to ha- give a few more 
spins and a little bit more oomph on some of it and there just was not the room to safely execute that electric slide of course is one of those that is a hit or miss sometimes I'll get out there and do it and most of the time I won't but uh, I figured why not tonight because it's challenge night now honky tonk highway really shocked me because it's one that I've taught at Stoney's it's one that cats taught at Stoney's so I know like it's done at Stoney's, but it's not a staple. It's really not. It's one of those like rare occasions, like two or three people will know it and request it and get out there. And fortunately, I'm one of the lucky few who do know it. So I seize this opportunity to get out there and not only enjoy the floor, but dance a fun dance from one of my friends. So it was kind of fun that I was out there dancing one of Kelly's dances and so I took a like I think it was like a six or nine second clip just so he can see that his dance was being played and I sent shot sent it back to him saying you know like hey look it's out here in in you know Sacramento California while you're in Florida and I got a thank you for the video the next day because he was asleep being three hours ahead of us and then lo and behold that actually goes to black egg three and I don't know if I've ever learned this dance or I don't know if I've ever kept this dance or what it was but I did not know it enough to fake it so I sat my myself down had a couple gulps of water and just enjoyed the breather because I think at this point so far I've sat out of a total of three dances of the night so all right, I'll mention four more because three of them are repeats. Whip It, we did again. River City Cha-Cha was played again. Uh, Drifter was played to Sweet Little Something, and we would have done a Sweet Sum Sum by Trevor Thornton in the middle, but again, the, the floor is so cozy that there was no way we would have safely done that sideways motion. It was shaped like an oval. We would have run into everyone. And then uh, the last one that I will mention here is one I did not dance, which was Body Language, and you've actually taught this. Do you have any thoughts on Body Language? Um, I, I do have thoughts on some of these. Um, it was nice to get out there for River City because I really enjoyed that partner pattern. Drifter, same thing, although I definitely would have enjoyed dancing Sweet Little Something because that's one of those that I think is just a lot of fun and you get a lot of spin to it in certain moments. And it's just, it, it's very, if you have room on the dance floor, it is ideal. Body language, I remember learning at Boston Showdown, and I just remember having a hoot learning it. I did bring it to st- to um, Hot Monk right after I had learned that Cat had brought it to Stoney's, and I tried to do it because of a crossover. I don't think it really stuck at all, so I kind of just let it go since it seemed to be one that they weren't entirely like, yeah, let's do that again. So I went, okay, it's cool, you know. I am not offended by you wanting to dance something else. It is fine. So I just tried to provide the opportunity of any kind of crossover when I do teaching to people going to certain bars in the area using area as a wide radius of like 100 miles plus and or to any of these social like events so that people at least can have a handful of dances in their pocket that they are comfortable and they know and can get out on the floor and be a part of the experience. 
All right, well, we've got about 15 seconds left. Uh, we will continue the rest of the night from 10 o'clock-ish onward in another episode. Thank you for tuning in again to Line Dance Podcast. This has been Christopher Gonzalez with... Megan Barcelia. Until next time, we will... See, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.